With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote America's two great pastimes collide on this podcast. It is baseball and making money from the dog days of summer through the October Classic. Greg Bases Peterson's going to be free swinging at the betting board as he tries to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. Now here is GP. Hello, everyone. Hope you are all having a great Monday as we are coming at you. From the Vivid Seat Studios, from LB Overtime Betting, it is going to be a terrific podcast today as Patrick Creighton of SB Nation Radio and ESPN 97.5 in the city of Houston is going to be joining me in the second segment. We were chatting towards the end of that Houston Astros versus New York Yankees game, so we're going to be diving into that. We're going to be diving into just a little bit of a preview of the Nationals versus St. Louis Cardinals series as well with Captain Jack Flaherty going on the mound today for the St. Louis Cardinals and in the final segment I'll be giving you a side and total on that game and a little something I like to call touch them all won't be able to give you anything on game three of Yankees versus Astros quite yet because as I'm doing this podcast at 10 15 p.m pacific there is still no line on the board. It is because they played a thrilling 11-ending game. So we're going to be diving into that in a second. But first, we did get one Twitter question into the mailbag. As always, feel free to fire that in at GNRSquarty1. So let's get into it. So you have questions, and Greg may or may not have any insight into them. But let's dive into the Twitter mailbag. Now this comes in from a little bit more of my... NFL betting and everything like that, but it still holds true for baseball. Patrick Dufresne at Patrick underscore D-U-F-R-E-N-E-S at GNRSquare D1. What sources do you use to read what the bet percentage is, and is there a way other than reverse line movement to read where the sharp money is coming in? I actually don't use any sources to tell me what the bet percentage is. I don't care where the amount of bets and everything are coming in. What I use is live updating software because 
What I've found with all these places that they give you, oh, 55% of the bets have been on the New York Yankees and everything like that. A lot of these sites are either lying to you or they're giving you highly outdated information. And then I got a follow-up question asking how I could tell whether it's public money or sharp money that's coming in. And the best thing I can tell you is just listen to the Vegas Sites and Information Network and take a look at what bookmakers are tweeting out. I'm one of those people. I do not care if I'm on a sharp side or a public one because for one, what a sharp technically means, according to pretty much all these books out here in Vegas, is someone that consistently beats the closing lines. So in football, you could legitimately be a sharp betting on the New England Patriots every game. If you keep getting the Patriots at that best possible number, you could be a sharp that's betting on the Cleveland Browns. And in baseball, you could be a sharp that bets on the Baltimore Orioles every day. I mean, I don't concern myself with that. I am just all about trying to get the best number humanly possible. And what I find does not lie to me is looking at live odds software because you can tell that if one book has maybe the over at minus 115, it just comes down to minus 110. Other books are probably going to follow suit and they probably just took money on the over. I don't care if Sharpie McSharperson or Mr. As Sharp as a Marble just made that bet. It means that that number is more favorable for me if I want to take that over. And that's all that I care about. I encourage you guys to don't get so involved in paralysis by analysis. Just do what you need to do in order to get the best line. For some people that is looking at some of these bet percentages and everything like that, if you really want to know where the sharp money is coming in on everything like that, just listen to so many of the bookmakers on the Vegas Sites and Information Network. Look at what they're tweeting out and everything like that. It's one of these situations. I don't concern myself with it. I know that many of you guys do. So hopefully that gave you guys a little bit of advice and a little bit of where I'm coming from. Now a little bit of advice to you guys is if you are looking to be able to get tickets to one of these thrilling postseason games. Maybe baseball is not up your alley, but you want to go to an NFL game, a college basketball game when the season comes around, or maybe you're not into watching live sports in general. You're more of a concert goer and you prefer to watch the games at home. Vivid Seats is your place to be able to buy all these tickets up. And if you're a first-time customer to Vivid Seats, type into the app the promo code OVERTIME. That's all one word. O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. And you get up to $100 off of all tickets. This is for concerts, games, you name it, they do it. So Vivid Seats app, promo code OVERTIME, you're able to save up to $100 off of all of it if you are a first-time customer. Now let's take a look back at what was a thrilling game two in the ALCS and even it up at one game apiece. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. The Yankees were able to get going early with a home run off of Justin Verlander, but it was really the bullpen of the Houston Astros that was able to hold down the fort and get the team to a 3-2 win. Aaron Judge in the fourth inning, two-run home run off of Justin Verlander, obviously a very welcome sight. And for the New York Yankees, we're going to be getting into this a little bit more with Patrick Creighton, but James Paxson only wound up recording seven outs in this game. He winds up giving up one run, and for the New York Yankees, their bullpen gets a loss, but they were absolutely terrific. Seven and two-thirds innings, they give up two runs, both of which were earned, both of which were solo home runs, by the way, as the home run that wound up ending the game was by one Carlos Correa off of J.A. Happ, his first of the postseason, and then you also had George Springer being able to go yard off of Adam Adovino in the fifth inning, but by and large, both these teams squandered a whole lot of scoring opportunities. The Yankees wind up leaving seven men on base, including a couple in the 11th inning, and then for the Houston Astros, 
They were one of ten with men in scoring position. They wind up leaving ten on base. And for Justin Verlander, other than that two-run home run that he gave up, he was absolutely terrific. He wound up giving another good start. And then for the Houston Astros, you had five different guys come out of the bullpen to pitch four and a third innings. They only gave up one hit in the process. A lot of the Yankees were reaching base due to walks. Got to give it up to the Houston Astros and their bullpen there. And for the outlook of the postseason in general, we are noticing a whole bunch of unders as all four games in the championship series so far have one under. You now have a one-to-one series with Garrett Cole and Luis Severino going at it in game three. I'm going to be giving you my initial thoughts as I'm going to be doing that without a line. And with the Houston Astros, got to think that they're still going to be a slight favorite when it comes to the series price. Obviously, the Yankees now have home field advantage and you saw the summer ring fluctuating a little bit, but and you saw the summer fluctuating a little bit, but Houston Astros, when this comes out, probably going to be a slight favorite when it comes to the series price and obviously a very thrilling game. Just great for baseball in general with regards to some of these games and it all coming down to small ball rather than a bunch of home runs. So we're very refreshing to see and always refreshing to have our good buddy Patrick Creighton of ESPN 97.5 out in Houston and SB Nation Radio joining me on the podcast. We're going to be talking about both these series and the Houston Astros in general. And that is coming up next right here on MLB Overtime Back. Greg is phoning a friend and going out to the Azunia Hotline. We are back here on MLB Overtime Betting. Greg Peterson coming at you from the Vivency Studios out here in lovely Las Vegas. It is great to have on one of the men that has joined me so many times during this season. He is out there in the lovely city of Houston. He does radio shows both nationally and for the ESPN affiliate out there in Houston. He does a variety of different things as well, covering the New Orleans Saints. He's also very tied into the baseball scene as well. And you can catch his show, Late Hits, from 7 to 9 p.m. Central, locally with the ESPN 97.5. And then Straight Heat comes your way Monday through Friday, midnight to 5 a.m. Central. If you're out here on the West Coast, that is 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. And this is a man that you can also follow on Twitter at P Creighton One, as it is Patrick Creighton. And how are you doing today, my friend? <laughs> What's up, G? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. And a team that is doing great going into this Monday. How about the Washington Nationals? They've got a two to zero series lead. They're a slight favorite over the St. Louis Cardinals tonight, as they sent Steven Strasburg to the mound. And the Cardinals, in my opinion, this is a do or die situation. You've got Jack Flaherty on the mound. Ever since the All-Star break with regards to his 16 regular season starts after the break, he had a .91 ERA. He has been nails. How do you see this one playing out? Because I think that this is a spot where big pitchers rise to the scene. I think that Steven Strasburg is going to have a decent start, but at the same time, I think that this is a spot where Jack Flaherty rises up and gets the Cardinals a win. You know, they are really asking a lot of Jack Flaherty. And that doesn't mean he's not capable of it, but they're really asking a lot of him. They're basically asking him to save their season. And this is a young kid. He's about to turn 24, what, Tuesday? So this is a young guy who, I mean, was this his second, like, real full season in the league? And they're asking him, and he's had a phenomenal second half, like you said. In the second half, I mean, uh, the only guy who's put up numbers similar to, to, to Flaherty in the ERA department, I think, is Garrett Cole. And you don't have to tell you how good Garrett Cole has been. And here he is really in his second full season 
being asked to say, hey, look, you're our ace. We need you to, to bail us out. He's got filthy stuff, strikes out a ton of guys. We get 231 strikeouts this year. But Flaherty is the guy that they are going to put it all on. They're going to go against Strasburg and Strasburg. Like he came up with a ton of hype. Uh, everybody remembers Steven Strasburg coming off Tommy John surgery and the Nationals making the decision to shut him down. And they were going into the playoffs because they wanted to protect his arm more than they were concerned about one year's playoff run. If only the Mets were the same with Matt Harvey. But as a result, Steven Strasburg's had a brilliant career. But to me, I thought the biggest issue in this series is what is Max Scherzer going to be? You know, is, is Scherzer going to be the guy that we've seen since he's come off the IL? who's okay, decent, or is he going to be able to revert to, you know, Max Scherzer, three-time Cy Young Award winner, uh, guy who is always in the top three in that, in that award, you know, which guy was he going to be? And he was old Max Scherzer uh, on Saturday, you know, with 11 punch outs and seven innings. And that was some vintage Max Scherzer. And that comes off a game where Anibal Sanchez, who could barely break a pane of glass with his fastball, I mean, injuries have robbed him of so much stuff. When he was a young guy first coming up, you know, he had some stuff. And now as he's older and the injuries have taken their toll, he didn't throw very hard anymore. I talked about this with Garrett Cole, and and obviously we're talking about totally different amounts of stuff here. But pitch sequencing is something that I don't think a lot of people really understand. It's not just being able to blow the guy away. It's not just being able to hit pinpoint spots. It's being able to make the batter uncomfortable, not know what's coming. You know, I say hitting is timing and pitching is disrupting that timing. So when you see Gary Cole throw 97 letter high outside black, 97 at the knees outside just off the black, 97 at the letters, Inside, tight. That batter's got no idea what's coming next. And that's essentially why that guy's staring at a 98-mile-an-hour fastball on the outside part of the plate, because he's looking inside. Anibal Sanchez was doing a brilliant job of pitch sequencing. Doesn't have the same stuff, so he's got to have pinpoint control when he's throwing that. But you see him setting guys up, pushes it outside, 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 then catches them inside, and they're not ready for it. Has them looking at three straight fastballs. Four straight fastballs, then busts off a you know a breaking ball to the other side of the plate, and these guys are their timing is all off. You know they're all geared up. You know first game guys are keyed up. They're, they're up there. You know super jack trying to crush everything because in today's version of baseball everybody's trying to hit a home run on every pitch. He just kept these guys off balance. Pitch sequencing. If you really want to get inside the game, inside the game, right? Watch as you get on when they have the box tracks or if you get on ESPN.com and in the game cast, they show you where the pitch is. Watch where these guys are putting the pitch and then in what sequence they go. How many times did he go outside, outside, outside high, outside low, and then bust them in tight? These are the things that guys do. It's out thinking the hitter. That's the difference between having a good game and having a masterful game. And the Cardinals, we'll see. They lose the two games at home. They're going to need Jack Flaherty to put up a lot of zeros because their offense has been stone dead and they might be really tight coming out in game three. I do agree with you as we've got Patrick Creighton joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And it looks like the Houston Astros are going to need a big game in New York at some point in this series as well as as regardless, they're going to have to win at least one game in the Bronx. And we saw on Sunday... Justin Verlander get taken deep in the fourth inning against the New York Yankees with Aaron Judge being able to hit that home run. And 
I think that there's a legitimate chance that the Yankees at this point might need to be the front runners to win the World Series. I know that the Houston Astros have those three great arms, but we saw Zach Ranke. He wasn't bad in game one. He wasn't necessarily great, though. He's essentially been what he's been in the postseason, a guy with an ERA hovering right around a four during his playoff starts. And for the New York Yankees, they're starting to get some better pitching. Now, James Paxton not making it out of the third, obviously. Not a redeeming quality, but the Yankees do have some good depth at the bullpen. And with the Yankees finally having a consistent starting lineup, I think we're finally seeing the best form of this New York Yankees team that, even when they weren't at their best, won over 100 games this year. You know, this is one of the crazy things about the Yankees, right? Didi Gregorius is batting ninth. Now, he's coming off of Tommy John surgery, but Didi Gregorius hit 27 home runs last year and 25 home runs the year before, and he hit 16 in half a season this year. This guy's hitting ninth. That's unbelievable. And that just gives you an idea of how deep this Yankees lineup is. They are the best lineup in baseball, and the Astros are going to have to score runs to beat them. And they left guys on base, you know, in the fourth inning with Bregman and Alvarez coming up, and they still left guys on base. So, look, you're, you're not going to beat the Yankees 1-0, 2-1. I think Zach Ranke's taken way too much heat for game one. You win zero games when you score zero runs. And the Astros bats were, you know, I don't know, maybe they left them in the clubhouse or something. They forgot how to hit for game one. Game two, so far, they've had some options. They haven't cashed in on them. We'll see if that comes back to haunt them. I do not think that this series turns on who, you know, say like the series turns when somebody wins a game at home. With this series, I don't think that's the case. With this series, the series turns when the Yankees beat Verlander or Garrett Cole. That's when the series turns. Because if if you go to look, these are the two best starting pitchers in baseball, especially Garrett Cole has been unstoppable since the end of May. If the Yankees beat Verlander or Cole, the series has flipped. The winner of this series, I think, is going to win the World Series, and, and I don't think the World Series is going with seven games. I don't think it's going to be that kind of World Series. I think whoever comes out of the American League is significantly better than the Nationals, who I would expect to, to come out of the National League because they're better than the Cardinals. But Yankees or Astros, they're a full head and shoulders above even Washington. There's no disagreement here. I do think that if the Yankees are able to get to Cole and they're able to get to Verlander, that's really the only thing that the Astros have going for them. Because with the Astros, they certainly do have a good bullpen. You've got guys like Smith and company out of the bullpen. They're solid arms, but at the same time, it's hard to match up with Tommy Canely, Adam Adovino, Zach Britton, and Rolda Chapman. I think the key for the Yankees is just having a lead after five innings because if you're able to have like a two-to-one lead, because I expect a lot of these first five inning sort of situations to be lower scoring. If they're able to leave that with a lead, it just gives the Yankees such a immense advantage because I feel like the Yankees four-headed monster in the back end, which got some rest because Monsieur Tanaka was so good in game one, really sets them up for success. You know, and that's a, a big deal for the Yankees if their starters can make it through five. When their starters actually went five or more, they had the best record in baseball this year. That tells you how often they don't get five innings out of their starters. You know, I guess there was concern about James Paxton tipping his pitches. And, you know, Aaron Boone didn't waste any time. Got him out of there. Wasn't going to risk it. And went right to Green. And then Green comes in and gets two big outs. So, look, the Astros, they got to score runs. It's one thing you left Zach Ranke out there and you, and you got him, what, one hit through seven innings. When you got Justin Verlander on the hill, they got to put some runs up. 
for Justin Verlander. If you can't score for Justin Verlander, look, they're not going to score. The Astros have had these stretches this year where they'll go a few games and not be able to hit anything, and then all of a sudden they hit everything. That's just how they've been all year long. And I think a lot of teams are like that. But when you're starting to go through one of those stretches of the postseason where, I mean, realistically, you're talking about now four of the last five games, they haven't hit a whole lot. At some point, they're going to break out, but that breakout better come for them at least enough to to win this game with Justin Verlander on the hill. Go back to the Bronx one one. Have Garrett Cole on the hill. Get that win in New York because you, you know you got to win with Garrett Cole on the hill. And then you know what? If you come back down three two, you still got Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole going game six, game seven in your building. So, like I said, until Verlander or Cole loses, I think the Astros are still the favorite. Once one of those two guys go down, I think the Yankees become big favorites. I do agree with you, as we do have Patrick Creighton of ESPN 97.5 out in Houston and also SB Nation Radio joining me right here on the podcast. And Patrick, something that I think is very intriguing as well with the postseason is the fact that it looks like on the East Coast, we're going to be getting some weather from what I'm seeing. It would likely be Wednesday. Now, if that does come about, it would likely be NLCS Game 5 and then Obviously, it needs to go to a game five because if it only goes four games, well, it's going to be a moot point. But that'll be ALCS game four. And if that game were to get rained out, I actually argue that would be a huge advantage for the Houston Astros because I don't know who the Astros would be trotting out there as a game four starter. We saw the failed experiment with Justin Verlander going on short rest. You'd have to do that likely with Zach Greinke or else you'd have to trot out there someone like Brad Peacock or Jose Urquidy, and that's just not a situation I think this team wants to be in. Well, if game four gets rained out and they have to push that game a game back, a day back, Zach Granke goes on full rest. Exactly. So Granke would start game four. Verlander would start game five. And that's huge for the Astros because then you get to avoid using Urquidy or Peacock as a starter. And I think You'd rather have Urquidy as the starter than, than Brad Peacock, but if you have to throw one of those guys, you'd prefer to throw him in relief and at home. A rainout for the ALCS in the Bronx benefits the Astros because it lets them turn the rotation over again, and they don't have to throw the weak link in the fourth spot. That's where Wade Miley's complete collapse in September comes back to get the Astros because through five months of the season, he had a 3.02 ERA which was top five in the league. I think it was top four in the league. I think it was Verlander, Cole, Charlie Morton, and Wade Miley. I don't know if Miley's hurt or if he's just gassed, but there is something very wrong there. You don't dominate for five months, and then all of a sudden your pitches have no tilt, and you've got no Christmas to any of your breaking balls. Your cutter's not cutting. Nothing's going on, and you're just getting pounded. If he was tipping his pitches, it wouldn't take six starts to figure that out. So either he is completely gassed because he's thrown like double the number of innings from he, than he did a year ago, or there's something wrong with him that they're just not talking about. Yeah, that was just an absolute utter collapse from Wade Miley. I mean, the fact that he had three out of four starts in which he went an inning or fewer and gave up four plus earned runs. I've never seen the bottom fall out on a guy like that before in my life. I don't know if you've ever seen a situation like it, but Wade Miley was getting lucky towards the beginning part of the year. No offense or buts about that. His strand rate was incredible. So you figured there was going to be a little bit of regression to the mean. But there shouldn't be so much regression to the mean in which you don't make it on the first setting three out of four starts and you're giving up like a whole bunch of runs. I think his ERA in those four starts 
he had one good one in there. I think his ERA was like above a 20. It was it was up there. It really is coming. Now, look, the Astros had the division sewn up, so it gave them the opportunity to see if he could turn it around. But I would have to believe that if the Astros knew he was injured, they would have shut him down. So if he's injured, he's not telling anyone. And maybe that's because he doesn't want the injury to hang over him because he's a free agent at the end of the season. Maybe he doesn't want anybody to think, oh, there's, there's an injury or some kind of significant injury. Maybe it was okay. It's an injury, but he feels okay. I'll, I'll rest for a couple of months. I'll be better. You know, I don't want to be like something people worried about if I'm going to have surgery or not. But it's really hard to try to pinpoint. If you're the Astros and here's AJ Hinch and you know this guy hasn't been able to get anybody out for weeks and you keep trotting them out there and it's like, okay, do you think he's going to get it? Why not sit him down? The division was in hand. Why not sit him down, skip him a start, maybe skip him two starts, work with him on the side, work some simulated games, find out what's going on with him because they just kept putting him out there every fifth day and the results were just disaster after disaster after disaster. And why you would do that with any pitcher, the guy goes out there and he gets shelled four, five, six times in a row. It's going to be in his head. He's getting shelled. There's something wrong. I kind of feel like the Astros did him a little bit of a disservice by not taking him out and trying to figure out what was wrong with him. But at the same time, if Miley was gassed, you know, like I said, he threw about double the number of innings as he did a year ago when he missed half the season with injury. Or if he's got some kind of injury and he's not talking about it, you know, that's also on him. You got to speak up. I know it's. I know it's pennant race and you go into the playoffs and it's exciting, but none of that matters if your arm is hanging on with spit and duct tape. And this is a guy who's had a lot of injury history before. And sometimes guys who have had a lot of injury history, they clam up about minor injuries. <laughs> See Dallas Keuchel. It's just one of those things where you really just shake your head and you're like, man, what the heck happened to Wade Miley? And I think we'll probably find out towards the middle or end of November. I do agree with you, and we'll probably find out about it through your great reporting and your great radio shows, Patrick, as I'd like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home know where they can get a little bit more of you because you do two tremendous shows every Monday through Friday, one more of a local show, more on one on SB Nation Radio. That would be Straight Heat, which airs from midnight to 5 a.m. Central Time. People can follow you at Creighton one as well. Just give the elevator pitch on what you all do because you're doing some tremendous work. All right, so uh, obviously we're going to have a lot of football and baseball tonight on Straight Heat, which is 12 a.m. Central Time, 10 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. SB Nation Radio on SB Nation Radio Affiliates at SBNationLive.com on the free SB Nation Radio app for uh, any of your mobile devices. Late hits ESPN 97.5 Houston. You can also catch uh, Out of Area at ESPN97.5.com. And on the free Houston ESPN 97.5 Houston app. Terrific. A big thanks to our friend Patrick Creighton for joining me right here on MLB Overtime Betting. And coming up next, though we have just one game going down on this Monday in Major League Baseball, I do give you a side and total and breakdown the overall outlook on the postseason with my plays and a little something I like to call Touch Em All. Welcome back to MLB Overtime. Greg is throwing a gem, so yeah, he better not blow it. 
thanks to Patrick Creighton for joining me in the last segment. A man that's doing some great local and national radio out there from the city of Houston. As we're back here in the Vivid Seat Studios for MLB Overtime Betting. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side and total on every game on today's Las Vegas betting board. Which is unfortunately only one of them. And a little something I like to call Touch Em All. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. I thought we would have something on Tuesday's Game 3 in the Bronx for the ALCS between Garrett Cole and Luis Severino, but I'm doing this podcast at 10 p.m. Pacific, and while the Yankees and the Houston Astros are still playing Game 2, and you don't get a lineup until the end of that game, so for that reason, you're only going to be getting a play on 909-910, which is Monday's Game 3 of the NLCS, and just a friendly reminder that our good buddies at my bookie will double your deposit bonus if you'd like to give them a shot for some of your betting, because with my bookie, you're not just able to bet on the pre-flop lines like I talk about on this podcast. You're able to do in-game betting, and they do a whole lot more than just baseball. They do the NFL, they do the NBA, college basketball, you name it, they do it. They even offer fantasy football betting lines when it comes to the NFL, so they've got a very broad menu. Like I said, promo code OVERTIME at mybookie.ag. You get your first deposit doubled, and that is all one word O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E and my bookie is a place where you play you win and you get paid and hopefully I'll be helping you guys get paid on this game 909-910 on the bang rotation Washington Nationals play host to the St. Louis Cardinals Captain Jack Flaherty goes for the Cardinals meanwhile Steven Strasburg on the bump for the Washington Nationals total on this game is 7 the over is used to minus 115 the under is minus 105 if you're looking at the Washington Nationals Laying anywhere between minus 123 and minus 126. Plus price here on the Cardinals. Anywhere between plus 110 and plus 116. This is a line that has very much been zeroed in on. And if you're looking at the run line, this is going to be a steep price if you want to take it with the St. Louis Cardinals. Anywhere between minus 190 and minus 205. Meanwhile, if you want to take it with the Nationals and it winds up cashing, you're going to get a good plus number. Anywhere between plus 165 and plus 180. But... I certainly do think that this is going to be a tight one with two very good pitchers. Jack Flaherty, I've mentioned it so many times with him. This is a man with a .91 ERA in his 16 regular season starts after the All-Star break. Just absolutely amazing what he's done. And Steven Strasburg, he's a guy that's probably going to finish in the top three in the Cy Young voting. I know that many people feel like he should win it. I think that he's a little bit short of that, but by and large, an 18-6 and record with a 332 ERA, and we've seen what this man has been able to do in the postseason so far this year. He winds up pitching in relief against the Milwaukee Brewers, likely the only reason why the Nationals were able to get through that game, and then even though he wound up giving up three early runs against the LA Dodgers, he still wound up giving a bunch of good innings afterwards. He was able to settle himself down, and that's not easy for a pitcher, and you can tell his real maturity, and at home so far this year, you take a look at what Steven Strasburg has done, 10-2 record, 321 ERA, and he's done a good job of just being able to not walk, guys, because at home, his walk rate is 1.9 walks per nine innings, though I will say he has given up 1.3 home runs per nine innings, and that is the way that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to need to get ignited. This is a team that has been no hit, essentially going into the seventh inning of both their games in this series. And with the St. Louis Cardinals, you need someone like a Paul DeYoung, a Marcel Ozuna, and a Paul Goldschmidt to step up. All these guys have between 29 
29 and 33 home runs during the regular season. Colton Long was able to hit a 365 after the All-Star break during the regular season. He has not really come through this postseason. Yadier Molina, Matt Carpenter, Harrison Bader, guys of this ilk, have not necessarily been great bats to begin with for the regular season and in the postseason. It's and in the postseason, it's been even worse. You just need a little bit of a spark out of the offense, especially with the St. Louis Cardinals having a bottom eight bullpen with regards to ERA over the last 30 days of the regular season. We've seen guys like Carlos Martinez at company not necessarily be their best. And with the St. Louis Cardinals as well, for the year, the bullpen has been in the top five, but the Washington Nationals have had the better bullpen in the postseason. It's because they've been trotting out their guys like Patrick Corbin, who I just mentioned, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer. They've really changed the dynamics. Sean Doolittle has been very good. Danny Hudson is back after he was on paternity leave. He's going to be able to give this team a ending in a closing situation if needed as well. And for the Washington Nationals, you do have Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon, who during the regular season both had over 100 RBI, both had an on-base percentage hovering right around 400 with 34 home runs. And then you've got Trey Turner and Adam Eaton, who at the top of the lineup have been doing a very good job. And Trey Turner wound up leading the league in stolen bases in 2018. We all saw what Howie Kendrick was able to do in that divisional series against the Dodgers with the Grand Slam. And you've even got a guy like Ryan Zimmerman stepping up. Michael A. Taylor was able to hit a home run in game two. This is a guy that during the regular season, sitting right around 230, he's really stepped up in the postseason, but I do think that Jack Flaherty is right now pitching on a whole nother level. He has given up four runs in two starts in the postseason, which for him is really, really bad, but I think that he's going to be at his best, and I do think that what I do think that Steven Strasburg is a little bit prone to the long ball, and I think that the St. Louis Cardinals are going to be able to bust out. I know it's going to be a little bit of a chillier night, and that lends itself to the under, but I've already locked in the over, and I'm going to be locking in the St. Louis Cardinals. This number is very, very slowly creeping up. I might be able to get a 120. That's what I'm holding out for. If not, I'll probably take the 116 that's available at Caesars right now, but either way, going to be riding with Cardinals and the over. And the 9-11, 9-12 on the betting rotation, I'm just going to give you some thoughts, even though we don't have lines. It's going to be Garrett Cole going for the Houston Astros. Luis Severino for the New York Yankees. If I see a total anywhere above a 7 on this game, I'm probably going to wind up taking it under. Garrett Cole... 15-0 and 0 in his last 15 starts for the Houston Astros. Meanwhile, Luis Severino looked very good in his start against the Minnesota Twins, and you'd be surprised to know that with the New York Yankees, they are the top over team in the big leagues whenever they are on the road. They played 61% of their road games to the over so far this year, but when you get them at home, it's a little bit different because everyone thinks of that short porch and everything like that, but the New York Yankees at home have actually been one of the better under teams. 45.7% of their games have went over, 543 of them have went under, and with the Houston Astros, they've been playing quite a few unders themselves. They've actually been one of the better under teams out in the American League, and for the Houston Astros, on the road, 57.5% of their games went under, and we're seeing it with both these teams right now in this game, too. Nobody's really been able to have the ball fly out with Steve Gardner. He mentioned this on the podcast a couple days ago, that there might be like a reverse juice ball theory in that the balls are a little bit less juiced now, and with the Houston Astros, they're just a team that's in a little bit of an offensive swoon right now. You really have nobody other than Jose Altuve that's hitting for the team. Jose Altuve for the series hitting above a 400, but everyone else of the Houston Astros, aside from Kyle Tucker's hitting a 250 or lower. George Springer, Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, Yoli Gurriel, all these guys 
that had 20-plus home runs were all hitting a 280 or greater. They've gone a little bit cold, and you heard Patrick Creighton say that this has been a little bit of a tendency for the Houston Astros. Both these teams burnt up their bullpens, but with that said, they are going to have a day off, so you got to think that all these guys are going to be very fresh, aside from maybe a long guy like a J-Hap. So it is very interesting to note how that is all going to be going. And for the New York Yankees, you do have some guys that are doing a great job of getting on base. Aaron Judge, DJ LeMayo, and Glaber Torres at the top lineup during the series, all above a 300. Cameron Maben, Gio Urshela, these guys have been doing a solid job of getting on base. Urshela already has a home run in this series. You need a little bit more out of Edwin Encarnacion and Gary Sanchez. Both these guys in this series have not been providing a lot, and both these guys for the year were hitting at 245 or lower. Edwin Encarnacion does a better job of being able to draw walks than Gary Sanchez, but you got to think that one of these guys are going to need to put a charge into things, and I do think that there's going to be great value here in the Houston Astros. Probably going to be looking at the Astros and an under in this spot, but like I said, I'm going to have more set plays when a line is available, and that will be listed on my Twitter feed at GNRSquare81, which is where you can ask a question if you have it for this fine podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and a big thanks to our guest Patrick Creighton of SB Nation Radio for joining me in the second segment. And let's make today a successful Prop 1 Form 1. I'll be talking to you, and I'll be talking at you guys once again tomorrow, as I will be throughout the postseason. Thank you so much for tuning in.